Welcome to What's Working in Washington. I'm Jonathan Aberman. Today, how a successful business leader stays curious. But I always loved it when the CEO or people in leadership positions would just come down and talk and take every question. What I try to do, you know, at least once a week when I'm in there is bring everybody together, you know, bring them up to speed. And, you know, I may, I may even share too much in detail as to, you know, deals we're working on and that sort of thing. People don't always think about a region in this way, but it is a very, very strong media town. Our next guest, Clint Stinchholm, is a longtime veteran of this industry. He's been involved in many highly visible media properties and projects here and elsewhere. His most recent activity is the CEO of CuriosityStream, a rapidly growing media business based here in the region. We're going to talk about his new company, why there still is value in fact-based content and how building a media business is affected by technology in the presence of large, well-capitalized, some would say monopolistic competitors. Clint, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, Jonathan. Well, it's it's terrific to have the chance to talk with you because uh, I, I find companies like CuriosityStream really important to the future of the region. Tell us a bit about CuriosityStream. CuriosityStream is the premier subscription video on-demand service dedicated to pure factual programming. By factual programming, we mean nonfiction documentaries and programs in the categories of science, technology, history, natural history, society, and lifestyle. And it was founded by John Hendricks, who started Discovery Channel and Discovery Communications here in Landover, Maryland, you know, back in the 80s. And as he, saw, as he sort of saw cable networks veer from their original charters, you know, more from, from factual programming into more reality-based fear, he saw a real opening for a global, you know, nonfiction media provider. And uh, CuriosityStream was launched. It is really, to my mind, a pretty noteworthy phenomenon that a niche strategy of pursuing fact-based programming. You've been in the industry for a while, media for a while. I know we need it, mm -hmm. but don't you find it fascinating we're at a moment in time where that can be a discriminator and actually drive customers? <laughs> well, I would say the first the first piece is we don't consider factual programming a niche. We consider it a, a full category. So just like sports is a full category, just like movies and scripted television is a full category, we see factual as a full category. I mean, if you looked at uh, you know some of the great factual series from the past, like Planet Earth, for example. You know, we did Planet Earth at, at uh, Discovery Communications several years ago. It was the highest rated series on the on the network. Sold more DVDs at that time than any other service. Planet Earth 2 launched on the BBC. You know, full 40 percent of the uh, of the TV universe came out to watch it. So factual programming, when done well, you know, can attract a, a huge audience. And it's dramatically underserved today. So how would you describe factual programming then? It's not journalism per se. I mean, journalism is supposed to be fact-based. What was fact-based content mean to you? Yeah, I, th I think it's, you know, easy is, is history, right? Mm -hmm. So history is definitely fact-based. Uh, if you come to our service today, you can watch a terrific three-part series on the body. It's a co-production we did with the NHK, sort of like the PBS of Japan. Stunning images from inside the body and, and the latest science on, on better health and, and longer lifespan. That's one. Um, you know, so that's, that's science and history. Those are sort of easy to see. And then even in even in natural history, I mean, you know, we've got a, a great series on all the big cats of the world. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, you can go there and, and you can see from really the, the beginning of time how they've kind of come up through the world. And so that's considered factual programming. I mean, we, we as I say, we're, we're rather apolitical, yeah. <laughs> which is sort of unique here. But, um, you know, our intent is to help people satisfy their natural curiosity. 
I think, well, hence Curiosity Stream. You know, one thing you just said that I think is important to riff on is you talked about big cats. Mm -hmm. It's a, That's a great example of how context matters, right? Because you were talking, I assume, about felines, but being a musician, you can also have been talking about, you know, Duke Ellington and Dizzy Gillespie, <laughs> right? And the, the, big, the big cats. Yeah. And so does, does facts ultimately get tied into context? And, and do you find some ways that you're sort of at the, the cutting edge of it a bigger battle or bigger without shared context how can you have a shared society what i'll say in that context is this one thing we hear over and over from viewers of curiosity stream is there's there's so much noise today right i mean especially if you live in this area there's there's so much political noise i mean there's so much sort of rancorous you know talk radio rancorous uh television that curiosity stream is sort of an oasis i mean you you can go there and watch our programming and you know, you can debate certain things on the margins, but for the most part, it's a straight-ahead presentation of, you know, the, the full category of factual programming, which I think is, is, you know, I would argue is more important now than ever. Mm. I, I think so, too. Yeah. I mean, if you can't agree on shared facts, yeah, then it's awfully hard to ever right. – maybe people don't want to agree, but yeah. well, that's, that's a conversation for a, a bourbon or something. Yeah. <laughs> but – Here's, I like here, the bullet bourbon. By well, way. I, I, I'm in favor of that, and, and that's in their shared context. Right. I mean, we're talking about bourbon. We're talking about bourbon. It's okay. not a code word for a musician. Right. Anyways, or musicians who like bourbon. But returning <laughs> to the task at hand, uh, your company got my attention uh, recently when I saw that it, it did a financing. It's always big news in town when the financing gets done and the company gets capital. Um, good luck to you managing investors, being a former investor. But uh, you just raised funds. Where'd the money come from and, you know, in region, out of region? And what do you think it says about your business or this is a place to do business? Yeah, I think I think the reason that we were able to raise, you know, 140 million plus dollars in, in this kind of environment, we closed on that in November. As you might remember from November, it wasn't the, the smoothest market, no. you know, time in the world. So there was a lot going on, but I think really two primary reasons we were able to raise that money. The first is... I think people, you know, have faith in our founder, John Hendricks. So John started Discovery from, you know, from his kitchen in Landover, and it grew to $28 billion market cap company, mm -hmm. you know, at the time that he left. And I would argue that, that uh, you know, John, in addition to being a, a good friend and, and one of our board members and my boss, is probably America's greatest purpose-driven media entrepreneur. I think, you know, he's always had a passion for factual programming, you know, Grew up in Huntsville, Alabama, in the shadows of the of the space station, uh, work and research. That's that's his passion. That's you know, you know, making available you know factual programming has been his life's work. And so, he's a he's a missionary entrepreneur, right? And and you know, I think missionary entrepreneurs, you can debate the the timetable around the money that they'll return to you. Which you know, you well know as an investor, but um, you know, typically missionary missionary entrepreneurs are going to deliver to you. So that's I think true. That, so I think I think you know we benefit from being a mission-driven company and, and from his sort of missionary ability as an entrepreneur, we also benefit from the fact that we're the only one in the world that's a pure, that's, that's programming to the full factual category. So if you, you know, so if you, if you want to subscribe to a service that is, you know, purely factual entertainment, Curiosity Stream is your best option. Other people are in it on the margins or as part of what they do, but that's all we do. That's our purity of focus. I think you just touched on something. So first of all, Congratulations on getting the funding done. It's it's very hard in any circumstance. Much harder than than I anticipated. It's you know, it's, it's just, really it's just, funny, it's, isn't it's it? Exhausting. You know? It's exhausting, and and I think that um, 
the tech press, because of the way they focus on funders and founders, they tend to focus on victory lane entrepreneurs, yeah, right? right? And, yeah. and so if you actually go off to raise capital, um, the, the image I, I throw up on the screen when I show my students what venture findings looks like, it's a picture of a tabby cat surrounded by eight Doberman pinchers <laughs> <laughs> with the caption, investors are yeah. your friends. It's hard to raise yeah. money. But you touched on something else that I think is really important, which is the whole concept of mission-driven entrepreneurship, uh, conscientious capital. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a consistent, uh, consistently shown that companies that have double bottom line, that are mission-focused, outperform. Yeah. You've been involved and you've run various organizations. What is it about a mission-driven organization as a CEO that really allows you to get people to outperform their peers in other companies? Yeah. I think first you need people that buy into that mission, right? And so... Right, you hire people that, that buy into that mission and believe like we all do that we believe everybody on the planet should subscribe to Curiosity Stream. I was talking with an analyst the other day and he said, How big do you think the market is? And I said, Well, you know, it's anybody that's that's curious is a potential customer and, and his words not mine. Todd Younger at, at Sanford Bernstein said, I guess yeah, to be human is to be curious. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, the varying degrees of curiosity. But we start first with, you know, the people who who embrace the vision that we have. And we try to, you know, as I said before, we're, we're purpose-driven. We have purity of focus. Another big P for us is, is performance. I mean, we really challenge people to be performance-focused. Um, I mean, it's, and it's not just it's, – it's easy to incent – well, it's, it, it's easier than in other areas to incent salespeople, you know, on a performance basis, right? There's a, mm -hmm. there's a very exact scoreboard. A little more challenging with engineers and programming people, but we try to do that to the greatest extent possible. And, you know, what we found is that – in the service of this mission, people will work hard, you know, and, and when you challenge people to, you know, go above and beyond what they've done for companies that they've worked for in the past that they didn't necessarily believe in, you know, they will do a lot more. So it's been, it's been part and parcel of our success, I think. My experience when I've run organizations and the way I evaluate whether or not I'm doing a good job managing the organization is if somebody who I don't talk with on a daily basis can express what the business is about. Yeah. Right? Yes. So yeah. give some of our listeners or budding CEOs, how do you actually implement this? Yeah, I, I think, you know, this this is going to sound trite, but I think communication is paramount. I travel a fair bit because, you know, another kind of guiding principle that we have is everybody carries a bag, right? I mean, I'm sure, you know, having run businesses, you had thousands of people that come in and, and say, Jonathan, I want to I help you on strategy. It's like, okay, you know, I'm, I'm all for that. You know, everybody can help on strategy, but, you know, I also like GSS, you know, go sell something. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, so you got, you got to work on strategy, but everybody carries a bag. Everybody can help um, contribute to the bottom line of the company. So for me, I, I would say what I liked as a younger person is, you know, whenever the CEO would come out and talk. I, I was, you know, enamored of John Hendricks when I was in my 20s. And, and you know, I, I worked 18 years at Discovery, which, you know, my kids look at me like I have three heads when you tell them that today. Right. You worked 18 years someplace. I mean, that's this means you were you were a yeah. loser. That's right. all. A loser. Yeah. Well, but it, right. was, a, it was a different but time. It and, was. And, but, and, yeah. But I always loved it when when the CEO or, or people in leadership positions would just come down and talk and yeah. take every question, you know. And so what I try to do, you know, at least once a week when I'm in there is bring everybody together, you know, bring them up to speed. And, you know, I may, I may even share too much in detail as to, you know, deals we're working on and that sort of thing. And, you know, I'd rather I'd rather go a little bit too far sometimes than, than not far enough. And, you know, anybody can ask me any question anytime. So might not love the answer. And, and, and by contrast, I try to ask a lot of questions as well. So the message I hear is transparency, yeah. accountability, 
everybody fights, no one quits. Yes, yes, yes. It's, everybody carries a bag. Right, right. And, yeah. if, and if you don't carry a bag, I'll hit you myself. <laughs> I, I think it's really powerful. Yeah. So you. before we, uh, we we wind up, I, I want to make sure that we cover this. If people are interested in Curiosity Stream, are they tuning into this in DirecTV? How are they finding it? Well, you can find it many ways. The easiest way is to go to curiositystream.com and subscribe. I mean, we're also offered by most cable operators. You can subscribe just like you subscribe to HBO Showtime. But, yeah, you can subscribe via Roku, Apple TV, Google Play Store. Easiest thing, though, just go to curiositystream.com and subscribe. And we've got a terrific annual rate, $19.99 a year for our annual service. What you and I used to pay for a DVD. You know, well, what's a DVD? I, yeah, I right. <laughs> Clint, I don't remember. Well, so we are living okay. in the future. Yeah. Clint and I remember DVDs. Many listeners like, well, whatever. But here's Tracy the important. Doesn't, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, our, my producer Tracy Madigan remembers DVDs. This this uh, interview will not be available on DVD. Will be available <laughs> on iTunes. But but Clint Stinchcomb, thanks for coming in and sharing your story. Curiosity Stream is terrific. We're glad you're growing it here. Thanks. Thanks, for thanks so much us. for having me, Jonathan. It's been delightful. Thank you to our sponsor, the Greater Washington Board of Trade. The Greater Washington Board of Trade represents leading businesses, nonprofit organizations, and academic institutions, and has helped shape the development of our region for over 130 years. Visit boardoftrade.org to learn about how a Board of Trade membership can help your organization succeed in this rapidly changing marketplace. Our executive producer is Tracy Madigan, online writer Barbara Ulrich, music provided by two D.C. region bands, two-car living room, and the Sunbathers. I'm Jonathan Aberman. Thanks for listening. See you next time.